0: Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, the law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your host, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, Ed. I hope you are.
0: Uh, Yes, yes. And I'm doing much better than last week, that's for sure.
1: You're over the the COVID.
0: I am over the COVID, I think. You told me to go kick COVID's butt, and I think we've done it.
1: That's
0: good. Uh, Maybe I should knock wood here somewhere.
1: I think it'll give you a break for a little while.
0: Yeah, I could use it, too. We've been talking about the McCarthy vote, which took, you know, something like 15 ballots for his election. But before we get to that, uh, we got to talk about this breaking news with the classified documents, which were just found in an office Joe Biden had in D.C. And then just within the last few hours, they found another batch of documents. And they haven't said yet where, but somewhere associated with them. Uh, he finally made a comment about it uh, while he was in Mexico. This is what he had to say. And on the other side, I want to hear your thoughts about it.
2: When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol. When I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, you know, locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box, and they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. So, uh, I guess there
1: there are lots of layers here. First, you know, what does this do to the Democrats' plan to indict Trump for for the same thing? It probably kills it. Um, of course, we have the usual Democrat stooges coming out and telling us, uh, uh, as of yesterday, even how how much different this was than what. They accuse the president, uh, President Trump, of doing, which, frankly, I don't think holds water. But, but I think it raises a number of other questions. Um, starting with, why are lawyers packing up and moving an office? You know, these are big time white stocking DC lawyers. Um, who I mean, there's no telling what they charge per hour. Um, so that raised the question. Uh, the other question is, you know. Um, where were these documents before they were in that office? Uh, it's been a long time. It was a long time between Biden leaving the vice presidency and assuming the presidency. Uh, so, where were they then? They, at some point, were housed in the Penn Biden Center, uh, which he started upon leaving the vice presidency.
0: That's the first batch that we know about that were at the Penn Biden Center.
1: Right. The second batch was at his, some office
0: in D.C., correct? Well, I haven't heard for sure where they were or what they okay. were.
1: Yeah. Um, but the first batch, you know, was at the Penn Biden Center where he he, um, he got 55 point, I think it's $0.4 million from anonymous Chinese donors to help start that center. So, you know, I guess you wonder, did did the Chinese government have access to these things. Um, and, you know, Biden in his statement sort of poo-pooed what they were, but it turns out that they're documents related to, you know, Ukraine, um, among other things, uh, which would seem to be somewhat important. And of course, as the Stooges try to distinguish the two situations, I'm reminded of their characterization back in, was it August or September when the Mar-a-Lago was raided, that first, the Penn-Biden Center hasn't been raided. Right. Um, The Biden home in Delaware hasn't been raided. The White House hasn't been raided. And the mere fact that Trump had them in his possession was deemed to be treason. So, you know, the question is, um, why does that not apply to the president? Um, president biden and what is this u.s attorney and I, I don't know is he by chance a holdover from the trump administration
0: yeah, that's my understanding he's a holdover from trump
1: I, is merrick garland going to brush this aside or is the trump white house uh gonna set forth some orders that says make this go away
0: yeah you said the trump white house but i think you meant the biden white I'm House. i'm sorry. I did. Those are those are all very good questions. You know, when Biden made that statement we played a moment ago, he said several things that were wrong. First, he said they were in a secure facility. This was not a secure facility. They were in a cabinet or a closet somewhere, and maybe there was a lock on the door. But that's not what's considered proper security for top secret SCI documents. He also said that he was a professor, a minor point, but that's just another one of his lies because he was never a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. The other part of this, which I think raises serious questions, is the timing of it. They found this, this first batch of documents, they were found by the lawyers on November 2nd, almost a week before the election, and yet it's just coming out now, and that seems pretty suspicious. And then lastly, you know, Trump makes this argument that he was a president, so he could have declassified documents. And people have said, well, did you? And where's the proof of that? You know, and that's never exactly been resolved. But it is true that as president, he could have declassified anything at any time that he wanted to. Biden wasn't vice president when he had these documents. He did not have that same authority. He does not have that same defense. You
1: know, the, the thing, too, about that is there's some case law, as I understand it, that says the mere fact that the President of the United States has classified documents outside of a secured facility means that he has de facto declassified them. You know he does not have to do anything else. Um, so you, you raise a very good point there, but the, the, the getting back to the to the point about him claiming to be a professor, and of course you're right, he was not. He said that before, but he was making like eight or nine hundred thousand dollars a year from the Penn Biden Center. Um, And you wonder, you know, all these funds that were raised, as we mentioned, from the Chinese and from others, potentially, is this just another scheme to launder money to put into the Biden family coffers? And was there a quid pro pro, pro quo here? And perhaps it was having a look at some documents they otherwise would not be allowed to see.
0: I don't know. And of course, let's be honest, there's there's new evidence of this, but- there are certainly questions about how much money has gone from whether it's the Ukrainians or the, the Chinese to Biden and to his family. And as you point out, this center, which no one has been able to point out what they actually did, raised huge amounts of money from the Chinese. As you said earlier, how, how does this affect the Trump case? I think it's dead. I don't see any way they indict Trump for these documents uh, that they found at Mar-a-Lago when Biden was doing the same thing and and frankly works. And it just kind of makes the whole argument seem silly to me.
1: I think you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. What's interesting is the second batch has come out. We don't know anything about it yet. It's going to be interesting to see whether a third batch, fourth batch, however many more documents they find and and, and what else happens with this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really is. And and you wonder who, who found this batch and why. Yeah. Clearly, the FBI is not out there looking for them. I think the National Archives, it's safe to say, is in the pocket of the left, and they're not raising cane about it like they were with potentially the, the Trump document. So so why, why is the Biden crowd looking for these? Why do they find them? All
0: very good questions. But uh, for the moment, at least, let's turn our attention back to Kevin McCarthy and the speaker fight, which when we were here a week ago, uh, they were still at, you know, I don't know, at that point, maybe 12 or 13 ballots. And we were speculating on what was going to happen. He actually got elected a few hours after we recorded last week's podcast. Uh, one of the first things in his speech after accepting the speakership, just this, here's just a little bit of audio from that speech where he talked about they would repeal funding for IRS agents because uh, the government should work for the people and not against the people.
2: I know the night is late, but when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for $87,000. You see, we believe government should be to help you, not go
0: after you. So we have a speaker now, and he seems to be making efforts to keep his promises, whether it's committee appointments for conservatives or legislation such as repealing funding for IRS agents, which, frankly, is not going to pass this in and it wouldn't be signed by the president. So it's not going to go anywhere. But at least there was a public vote and people had to go on the record about it. So what do you think about the new McCarthy tenure well,
1: I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm pleased to to see and read about what he has done since early Saturday morning, um, particularly as it relates to his promises to do some things using the investigatory powers of the House to, to check uh, the politicization of the FBI and the DOJ, this new church style committee um, to investigate the use of um, the FBI and the CIA and the other intelligence assets of the United States uh, as political weapons.
0: And when you use the phrase church style committee, can you explain to the listeners what the original church committee was all about?
1: I was getting ready to ask you to do that. Yes. Back in the, in the post Watergate years, like perhaps uh 76 timeframe, uh, the Senate, uh, created a special committee chaired by Iowa Democrat Frank Church, who at the time was running for president in the Democrat primary, to investigate uh, what I would characterize as alleged CIA abuses of the law and their power, uh, going back to the Bay of Pigs, the Cuban situation, and coming forward through Watergate. And they talked to hundreds of witnesses, uh, looked at tens of thousands of pages of documents. I think I read 11,000 pages of documents or maybe it was 11,000 documents and then produced a voluminous report detailing what, you know, frankly, are some some scary uh, activities by particularly the CIA that were, I guess you would say, uh, conducted at least with a wink and a nod for national security purposes or national security reasons. And at best, most of these skirted the laws. Uh, At worst, they violated the laws. And we're talking about everything from assassination and murder to, you know, framing people in crimes and and relationships with gangsters and drug lords and all the, all the rest. Um, And that, that committee, you know, there's a famous picture of Frank Church and maybe someone else holding a a, a pistol with a sight on it, and I don't, I couldn't tell you at this point what the the context of that picture was, but it's it's not unusual to see that if you Google the Church Committee or whatever on on, on the uh, internet, um, it, it's kind of been held up as a model of um, an investigate. It, along with the Watergate Committee, the Irving Committee have been held up as kind of a model of investigative committee work by the Congress.
0: Yeah, that's a great summary. Now, I would point out that one of the one of the outcomes of the church committee was a belief that the activities of the CIA and the FBI should be divided, um, such that the CIA can no longer operate in the United States. The FBI would be the primary domestic law enforcement agency for the federal government here. And, of course, this was in the 70s. When you got to the 90s, uh, the Clinton administration kind of imposed a wall of communication, even between the CIA and the FBI. And after nine eleven, that committee then raised serious questions about that that inability to communicate between different intelligence agencies and, and the role that played in the FBI. So these things are all significant, but frankly, Lee, I, I think that. I think if this committee really gets going and and hits or is able to uncover the type of information which is is, you know, possibly out there, this may be the most important work that comes out of the next two years in Congress. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Before the election, the House Judiciary Committee released a report on uh, whistleblowers, allegations about politicization within the FBI and the Department of Justice. It was the Republicans on the committee that released the report. It's interesting stuff. It didn't really get any traction. But just the allegations that have been made, you know, a full investigation is warranted. There's been a lot of discussion that Thomas Massey, who's a Republican representative from Kentucky, would be on this committee, if not heading it. Uh, He was on Tucker Carlson the other night, and this is part of what he had to say about their ability to get to the bottom of these allegations. Um, We were making sure that this committee wasn't going to be fenced in, that it wasn't just going to be a show committee. We wanted to make sure that we have full jurisdiction, that if we stumble onto something at another three-letter agency, that they don't say, whoa, that's out of your jurisdiction. Or if we find out there's more than a violation of the First Amendment right, if there are other civil rights that are being violated, we've secured a guarantee that we can go wherever the evidence leads us.
1: Yeah, and, and Massey is um he's the most competent um, individual in my opinion, and, and, is, and is um he's able to bridge um, that gap to the extent it still exists, and it probably does between the what some call the MAGA Republicans and then the the you know the the traditional more traditional Republicans. As I understand it, he is not a member of the Freedom Caucus, but maintains a very good relationship with those members of that caucus. And there's a lot of trust between him and, and them.
0: Part of what Massey said that I didn't include in that audio was that a lot of the work they're going to do is going to be down in the skiff in the basement of the Capitol. So it may not be public at first, but uh, you know, I still think it's going to be fascinating to see where this thing goes and what where governmental investigations and, and House oversight hearings go over the next two years.
1: I agree. And, and, and I think this may force some um, additional, if you will, media coverage beyond just Fox News and certain websites. Uh, it may force the mainstream media to at least report on some of the facts that have seeped out since the, the Russiagate hoax. Uh, and and you know, like we talked about several shows ago, does this pick up momentum and and who knows where it goes?
0: It's going to be interesting to watch, that's for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: The other thing I just wanted to get your thoughts about was this trip that Biden just made to the border and then met with the president of Mexico and the uh, with the prime minister of Canada. Um we, you know, we talked about the the border trip last week and whether he was just checking the box and nothing came out of that except some interesting photos of El Paso before and after he went because they cleaned up the streets and moved everybody off but then there was some interesting audio when he met with the President of Mexico, and the President of Mexico thanked him for not building any any more border walls you
2: Es it. President Biden, you are the first president of the United States in a very long time that has not built, not even one meter of wall. And that, we
0: thank you for that, sir. And then Biden said that they're trying to make it easier
2: for people to get here. I don't know how
0: much easier you could make it when something like four million have come over in two
2: years. And so... We're trying to make it easier for people to get here, opening up the capacity to get here.
1: Yeah, it's um, it, it's if you made that up last week, nobody would have believed that that was going to happen. He, you know, he, as you said, he congratulated President Biden on being the first president not to build a single meter of a border wall. And Biden apparently believes and accepted that that is a compliment. Um, and I don't know whether he was trolling him or rubbing his nose in it um, or what, but I mean it's it's it was it was shocking even with Biden as feckless as he's been appearing that out of it or that weak or both on the world stage. he He came up with you know, he didn't address the border, he didn't address trafficking individuals. he didn't address. Uh, fentanyl and and the drugs coming across, but he did have some kind of, some kind of um, jobs agreement that essentially will export more United uh, American jobs or, or jobs from, you know, United States to Mexico, which is not what we need. Um, and some sort of, um, deal with regard to, uh, computer chips, um, and is claiming victory. Um, And, like you said, the the whole point of the trip to El Paso has been shown to be a checking the box um, mission because they, as you said, they cleaned up El Paso and he walked around a a parking lot and then that was it.
0: Well, and he actually, at one point, walked in front of a border wall, which apparently his administration doesn't even like. So that was a bizarre photo op. Um, But, you know, I got to mention, you just touched on this trade deal with Mexico because. If you ever wondered what Trump meant about America first, just look at what Biden did, which was the exact opposite. His idea of a good deal for America is to create opportunities for more migration from Mexico, Central America, South America into the US, and then to help them build a chip facility there in Mexico. It's just bizarre. Why aren't we trying to build that chip facility in America? You know. I don't know the answer, but nothing good came out of this trip uh, except more evidence of, of, you know, the uselessness of Biden engaging in trade negotiations.
1: You, you see these comments going around the Internet about today's conspiracy theory that's laughed at, and mocked and ridiculed in a year, year and a half, two years will turn out to be proven true. Um, and and so, you know, I can't help but think about that when I see the Biden administration doing these things, um, you know, is it, is it, are we going to turn are we going to find that it turns out that the Ukrainians, the Russians, somebody in Mexico, Klaus Schwab, you know, whoever, do they really have some dirt on the Biden family that they're using the blackmail, the United States essentially into doing things that are, Completely, you know, 180 degrees uh, opposite from from what's the right thing to do for our country. Uh, And again, people would have laughed at that two or three years ago. Um, But it it certainly it. it, it, I don't know of another explanation. And I hope I'm wrong about that, but uh, it's hard to see one.
0: Well, the other explanation I can come up with is that he is just more of a globalist than he ever has been in his career because he's been pushed that way by how liberal his party's gotten and his interest in protecting American Americans, is just nil.
1: It's just hard to get your head around, you know, and, and I, 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 I remark or, or note that we're now some, I think it's eight months from the conviction of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's mistress, uh, Jelaine or Ghislaine Maxwell for trafficking minors for sex purposes and we still don't know who she trafficked these minors to or for. No one's been charged. No one's been named. Uh, it's, just, it's just over.
0: Interesting callback. Something we have not heard about in a while. I don't expect we're going to get any updates anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not holding my breath.
0: Well, what's on your radar for the next week?
1: This second batch of, um, of classified documents in the in the Biden uh, vice presidency's possession—you know, whether they were in his uh, UPenn Biden Center or, or his private office or, or wherever—that's um, interesting. I, I think you're right. I mean, I wonder—is there going to be a third batch? Um, so, I think that's that's right up there. Um, I've been keeping an eye on our friend from the Center for Immigration Services um, and his reporting on the border um, because it seems to be getting worse. Title 42, you know, at some point is likely to go away. uh, And when it does, it's going to explode down there. I heard this morning that the rumor is that the December numbers for illegal crossings and gotaways, are likely to be the highest in in history. I think we're coming up on a release date for those. So those kind of those two things are kind of at the forefront of uh, of of where my eye will be in the coming weeks. What about you?
0: Well, the the classified documents issue is the primary one, and more specifically, is how the White House responds to it. Um, I just happened to catch CBS News tonight, and this was their number. Well, they they mentioned the George Santos story, which is in itself interesting. But then before they got to that, they talked about these documents Um, and that this was their their first substantive story. And it was not complimentary at all. And I, I do think this is going to get some traction in the mainstream media. And frankly, it's because the way the White House has just not been able to respond to it. Effectively or even sincerely.
1: Yeah. And and how much they played up the the Trump situation.
0: Yeah. They hoisted on their own petard, I guess. But, um, yes. You know, I, so I want to see how they, they try to respond to this because I, I do think it may get some attention. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing, I guess, is, is as we mentioned before, this, this deal with Mexico and what the response is from that, because a lot of the details of that still haven't come out. Uh, that just looks like a, terrible disaster to me, but you know, we'll see if that gets any attention in the next week. And then the last thing was gonna be gas stoves because apparently the there was going to be talk about banning gas stoves, which I don't have, but I would like to have someday. And uh, you know, I guess they have now nixed that idea. So maybe, you know, maybe that the future is safe for gas cooking.
1: Yeah, I think the picture that came that was floating around today of Jill Biden cooking on a gas stove, AOC cooking on a gas stove. Elizabeth Warren cooking on the gas stove and Kamala Harris cooking on a gas stove sort of, um, that plus the, uh, restaurant lobby money probably took care of that. Uh, but I, I also enjoyed the memes, uh, where you had, uh, the gas stove police, uh, and, um, also known as Gordon Liddy's Jack booted thugs, <laughs> Uh, the the you know the Gonzalez flag from Texas where it says it has the, the 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 cannon come and take it. Well, they somebody had superimposed a gas stove on that flag and it said come and take it. And I, I found those most amusing.
0: Well, that's fascinating. But uh, maybe gas stoves are safe now. Well, let's hope so. All right, you got anything else for tonight?
1: Uh, well, I just wanted to pick your brain. You're a Georgia guy. Did you see sixty five points? Did you see that happening?
0: No, I had no expectation they would win by that much, and in fact, you know, when the game started, I noted when it was starting kind of early, so it, I won't have to worry about this being some nail biter that's going on, you know, until midnight. Well, it wasn't a nail biter at all, and if it was ending <laughs> early, and I, you know, effectively, it was over in the second quarter. Um, I don't think anybody expected that kind of blowout.
1: No, that was a beat down. Of course, I was for Georgia, so I didn't mind it, but. It was total physical domination.
0: Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can email us at comments at com. If you've enjoyed this show, please click subscribe with your podcast provider. Leave us a review and tell your friends.